this is Dark Strange and the Dude. Hello there and welcome once again, dear listener, to Doc Strange and the Dude. I'm Doc Strange. And I'm the Dude. He is the Dude. And uh, what a beautiful sunny Sunday afternoon we've had. We've been out enjoying the sun and the countryside. It's been lovely. And I said, all I want to do is I want to get home, sit in the sun and have a beer and enjoy a book. Uh, and I, I like reading uh, books by Lee Child uh, with the Jack Reacher as the protagonist. And uh, I've got the new one and I thought, yeah, I'm going to read that. Uh, and I got home and there's no sun in our back garden because we've got 120 foot trees uh, in the back garden that block out the sun at this time of year. So I, I was despondent. And I thought, no, I'll sit across the road because if it's good enough for my cat, it's good enough for me. And I I thought I'd go. And the neighbours are out. So I sat outside somebody else's house on my little camping chair uh, with a can of red stripe, my Lee Child book. And uh, and I thought, yes, I can feel the sun on me. This is glorious. I've got about five minutes before it pops behind uh, that oak I've got there. And um, and then I thought of you, dude. And Aww. I thought about, yeah, well, it's something that was in the book that, I, that just made me think about something. And what it was, the, the, the start of the book, and the book's called Blue Moon, a Lee Child book. And... Uh, there's there's two competing criminal organisations. Uh, I'm not going to say where they're from. It doesn't matter. And um, this particular city in New York, uh, not New York, uh, in America, um, had these these criminals. And over the years, they've they've decided to split the city uh, into their own sides, and and never the two shall cross. Right. So then they don't have war and anything. And uh, one of the one of the main guys, the the, the main guy from one side. It describes him walking over to the other side, uh, completely unarmed. He needs to go and see the boss, and he's being followed, and he goes to see the other boss. And he says to him, uh, it turns out that um, we've, we've got a problem. And he, and he said, I know. And he said, it turns out that the city, uh, the, the police department, are, are going to try and shut us down. He said, I know. And he's thinking, this guy knows everything. And he said, but, he said, we've got somebody inside Who's told us, right, that who who the people are, who the who the uh, uh, confidential informants are, and it turns out you've got two of them, and I've got two of them. And he said, you can guess what I've done with my two. He said, I've got a friend who uh, works in. Oh, there's a guy who owes his money, who works in a crematorium. That's them sorted, right? And he said, who are the other? Who, who are my two? And he tells him, and I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I okay. Right. This is about unity. This is about saving your own skin. This is about two guys who have got these organisations that basically hate each other. And he's gone there, cap in hand, unarmed, obviously unarmed, and he's gone straight into the heart of the beast and said, look, I've got information. We really need to help each other. Petty differences aside... Can we get? Can we sort this problem? Right. Sure. Yeah. Now, I'm only I'm only three pages in this book. Now, I love Lee Child. Lee, if you're listening, I really do love you. I thought about it and thought, hang on a minute, we have pretty much the same problem in the UK. What we've got is different warring factions or 
different sides or or people who believe different things or whose facts suit them arguing about for instance brexit so all the people who said yeah we don't really want all these immigrants coming in not because they're racist but because they honestly believe that immigrants are coming in and taking their jobs or getting benefits that they should be getting right why are you giving it to them and not giving it to me but then we've got the other side of the coin, people who go, well, do you know what? They're struggling. They need help. Why shouldn't we help them? Why shouldn't we use some of the money? Right. So you've got one, the same problem, but looked at at a different angle. What I'm saying is we need to stop looking from the angles that we are doing and we need to look at the actual problem and say, can we do this together? Can we work this out? Now, our problem is that we have got an obviously corrupt government in the UK, the Conservative government, who are not the Conservatives I remember, and I was always a a, a Labour voter, but, you know, there's Conservatives and then there's this lot. And whoever this lot are, Boris Johnson, uh, Cummins, Hancock, Gove, Raab, all them, Patel, they are not conservatives like we know them. They're a, a strange kind of uneducated, ignorant, thoughtless, selfish, greedy, tax-avoiding, murderous bunch of people who who were not suited to be in office. We, as a country, need a government that works for us. That's that's what they're supposed to do. And they are supposed to benefit us. And they're supposed to make our lives easier so that the country can be greater. And what they're doing is they're basically raping the country for their own greed. They're paying money to friends and friends who don't supply or don't provide what they've paid for. And they're getting away with it. They're avoiding tax. They're just not very nice people. And we can all agree on that. There's not many people in this country who can sit there and say, well, actually, yeah, Boris Johnson's a really good bloke and he really knows what he's talking about. Bollocks. That's Mm. not true. And we know that. And we all know about Dominic Cummings. And we all know about Russian involvement. There's no question about it. We all know it. The proof is there. Everyone's seen it. So whether you are an anti-masker, whether you are a Brexiteer, whether you are a lefty socialist type who dances round with flowers in your hair and thinks everyone's wonderful, whatever you are, whether you're a Green Party, whether you're vegan, whether you're a meat eater, whether you're an alcoholic, we don't care. Look at this government now and ask yourself, once we have completely left the EU, I mean, I know we've left it, but, you know, with the withdrawal agreement and everything, the state there we're going to be in, look at the way they've handled the COVID crisis, and I'm not talking about, about the way that the Daily Mail has, uh, or the Telegraph have made out they've done a wonderful job. Look at it and say, can you trust these people to get us through the next four years before the next general election? Look at yourself and, and say, how, am I going to make it? We have to be the pragmatic people that we are. If 
from those that were on that Remain side of the argument in that, yes, you know I mean, the deadline for leaving the EU has passed, we have left, and yes, we're on the run out for the withdrawal agreement. Now, the hope was during that withdrawal agreement period, we would negotiate some better terms so the damage was minimised as much as possible. There are certain things that are just matters of law, whether the government says they're going to you know, abide by international law or not, that, that are time-triggered and time-sensitive and that you just can't avoid. Push, you know, if you're trying to push forward, you've still got to meet these certain deadlines. And we're at the point where, because of the 80-seat majority that Johnson has... Uh, and his friends in the Lloyds as well. Yeah, so there's very little now that politically we can do to stop that, which is why I think Keir Starmer is taking this pragmatic... Uh, approach of saying yeah I'm talking to people that don't agree with where I am uh, on it but we have to face up that we have left already sort of thing Um, and there's a lot of people saying you know well you would champion a a second vote and now you're just saying to take it we're past the point where that can happen we have to take it so it's a case of going as you say from now on the argument is what is the definition of the UK what what are the responsibilities we want the government to take up? Now, I don't think it's a difficult requirement to say we want health, education and law and order. The three standard things that every government should do, and I don't think they're doing any of them at the moment. They're the things that you rightly say that we have to unify behind. The argument needs to become, what do you want from your government? Are you getting it yes or no sort of thing? Yeah, And you can see that we agree that no one thinks we're getting what we deserve in a, in, a, in a practical sense rather than a moral sense. I think we do need to draw in our agendas together and say, okay, yeah, it's like governments put forward uh, manifestos of things that they want. And it's about having a people's manifesto. We're saying, no, 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 no. Don't give us your shitty shopping list. This is what we want. This is what we need. And these are the responsibilities you need to step up and provide us. So, for example, in the last general election, because Labour threw in that whole free broadband thing right at the end. Jump the shark. Yeah, it ended up costing them a lot of votes and probably any chance they had of, 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 you know, reducing the majority from what it is now to something manageable. But at at its heart, it's a genius policy because... Internet, we've seen now in the pandemic, is like water and electric. You know, it's it's an essential service. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah. you know, that should have been an election-winning policy. But because it was so fudged and tacked on the end, like on the back of a fag packet, it ended up looking ridiculous and non-viable. And instead, we've got people now, you know, fearful of 5G, when in fact, roll, you know, a, a national 5G network would provide jobs, infrastructure, and also that connectivity to allow people in those remote areas to start their own businesses at home and, and work from home and be available. You wouldn't need cable or wires or anything. It's it, it's 5G. It's it's right there. And if you've got nodes all over the country... Yeah, I was going to say, though, the northern towns, though, one of the big complaints that led up to Brexit, I think, was about the brain drain in that kids have to move away because there's no jobs. If you if you connect the area, then again we've seen anybody can do any job working from home. You don't have to move to London to be a, a you know a graphic designer. You can do your work there and send it off. You don't need to be sat in a Birmingham exactly, call centre. But that's what happens. You, you you've 
wherever you are in the country, you're going to get talented people who are going to gravitate towards London. And so you're going to have towns and cities that have got no one creative, no one talented, no one educated, no one that's good at maths or English or whatever. You're just going to be stuck with a load of people who are just normal people getting about their lives, doing whatever. And London's had this massive influx of all this. It's it's not fair. It's, I mean, you, basically, you can't make it unless you live in London. So where we're talking about bringing those agendas together. So let's say that's, you know, that's one agenda. You can say, OK, look, we want a government that takes responsibility for infrastructure that way. When we're talking about, you know, uh, climate, everybody, you know, anybody that's got any kind of sense about them knows that climate change is a imminent threat to all of us, no matter where you are on the planet. And that those jobs that uh, rely on being polluters and so forth need replacing with something greener, a better way of doing things. Either that or you have to regulate the crap out of them and tax them so that the damage they're doing can be offset somehow. But again, I think that's somewhat of a myth, but I don't want to digress into that now. So again, you go, well, we want a government that's going to bring in a green infrastructure, you know, that builds in climate change into their economic planning. Again, you leave it to the Tories, and all that means is they go, yeah, great idea, let's give a contract to one of our mates to do something with that title on it, and then it's never delivered. If if you're going to do it, then find a company that's invested in that technology, that's developed that technology, and build that from the ground up, you know, and have uh, a new industry start from this country that we're specialists in i think we're i think we're kind of veering away from the whole point of what i wanted to do with this podcast um i just wanted to say to anybody who thought that um one cause is more important than the other when it turns out there's a bigger cause that you're not looking at and that's not to say don't protest for the other ones of course you do um but we need to all join together because we're all people who feel passionate about a particular subject so much so that we, you know, protest or put it out there, whatever it is that that, that you do to protest or to make your voice heard. We need you to help us and we want to help you. Um, you know, I'm always happy to share Black Lives Matter, F fbpe or whatever that's out there I'll, I'll show it even though it's not my thing i mean i was a uh i was a remainer but you know that's that's mute now you a rejoiner well actually it's over with i need people to be able to survive properly and live well over the next four years as much as possible so that if if brexit's uh a roaring success i'll hold my hand up and i'll say well i was obviously wrong you know well done but it, it the, the proof's not there at all um and but we need people to say well you know what are we gonna what are we gonna do for those next four years before there's a um general election you know are these people gonna work for us or are, are, are we are we gonna be starving yeah we have to get used to the concept of lending others our passion because so for me like um protests to, revolving around saving the nhs from privatization and from exposure 
to dangers through COVID, whether that be PPE corruption or people being stupid through anti-masks. I'm I'm very much there, and if there's something going on, I'll do my best to be at that protest uh, and to help out any way I can. But equally, if I want people from XR to come and go, yeah, you're right. You know, if we are going to need to have a reliable health service with the environmental challenges that are coming on towards us, then again, I've got to be prepared to go to their demos and I've got to be prepared to put my body on the line side by side, shoulder to shoulder with them to say, yeah, we, we have got solidarity. We are going to take a stand together and your cause is inherently tied to my cause. It's no good me banging on about what we're doing if I'm not prepared to show solidarity with what they're doing. I have to lend my passion to support their passion because they're both both causes are intertwined. You know, the, you're going to need the health support if climate gets real bad. And similarly, no good, no good uh, worrying about the NHS if the planet's on fire. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I'm totally with that. Yeah. So, you know, just like Manchester for Europe came and joined us at 3.5 in Liverpool and they very kindly um, did their bit and, and, and I appreciated that because um, there wouldn't have been as many people there without them. No, and we need, we need to get some of those speakers on the podcast soon as well. Yeah, we do. Um, and now here is the host of Jeopardy! I went to a boot sale and... Um, it's outdoors, you know, there's, there's a lot of space, but people still walk directly towards you. As I was looking at a beehive today, um, I felt breath on my ear. I thought, there's a woman looking over my shoulder at this bee. I was like, I was like for Christ's sake, have you not heard a social distancing woman? <laughs> Jesus, get away from me. She's like, what? But I heard this guy talking to somebody, and he was rambling on like a mad person um he was saying about how over oh, 50 years people uh, could smoke cigarettes and nobody minded and then and then after that apparently they were poisonous and they were dangerous well how did they get away with it all that time and oh they're trying to <laughs> and i'm like what's this guy what's this guy talking about right and then he went and these masks is that all covid thing it's all nonsense anyway it's just the government trying to control you and uh, and I said, you wouldn't say that if if you knew someone that had had it and died. Um, yeah, why? Do you know someone? And I went, yeah, I do, actually. And it's not fun and you don't want to get it. And wear a mask, you dick. And uh, he's saying, because he doesn't know anybody that's had it, it doesn't exist. And as I'm walking round, I'm thinking, if that's your argument... Do you know anyone that's been brutally murdered? I don't. So no one's so ever been murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's that, it's that mental. Here's, some, here's the other thing I don't get, right? Is we're the opponents of this government, right? We're yeah. the people that didn't vote for it. Yeah. We're the people that are saying that they're messing it up, <laughs> that they're leaving us all exposed. Yeah. And yet these are the, these are the idiots that are then going on the street without the masks and saying it's it's oppressing their freedom or whatever. So essentially they're saying Boris Johnson's not doing a shit enough job of dealing with COVID. 
like it astounds me and it's like well what hang on what solution do you want so you want us to just open up everything carry on let everybody die and ignore it but that does they're trying to make out the counterpoint is that when we say look we should just do a lockdown for two weeks and clear it they're saying that we we want boris johnson to bring in the army you know put us under military law yeah yeah and all the rest of it no that's that's far from what we want we're no. saying there's a danger of boris johnson using this, this as an excuse to do that to do that we agree on that yeah but the answer isn't to unlock everything the answer is to do two weeks lockdown and take some personal responsibility and stay at home and don't go to the pub and spread it about yeah like it, it's the total abdication of any responsibility and expecting a government to do nothing because you're too lazy to do the simplest thing of washing your hands and putting on a mask. It's absolutely insane. And how do people get to that? And and I honestly think it's... I read an article recently, and I think it was in the Byline Times, about uh, people being indoctrined, essentially, by QAnon. And it's it's the same thing here, only it's coming through Britain first, and those those old school, you know, National Front type National Front. Movements. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the National Front are granddads now. You know, they they yeah. are they are your sixty seventy year old, uh, slightly overweight, over tattooed, bit of a skinhead granddad, which is basically all the gammons out there. Well, guess what? They were National Front. That's that's who they were in the seventies. And I'll tell you what. Uh, they they were you know uh, um, scumming Doc Martins. What a bunch of twats they were. Well, they're the granddads now, you know, and they're the gang. Yeah, it does. And it does worry me that they're passing that hatred down through the old football channels again. Yeah, you know, football turned a corner for a while on racism. Yeah, but like because people somewhere. couldn't get out, they've been using all the groups, right? So for di- wh- yeah. whatever football team, they're in that group, and and that's all they're talking about. I got told about a a, a website for old codgers. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. the full name on Facebook, and I found one, and it was for these old codgers that you know seem to have a bit of a laugh and do a bit of woodworking and fiddling with engines and whatever. But yeah. apparently, I'd spelt it wrong. I had to spell it differently, and I turned up on this website, and it was just like being in a pub with six. Miserable old twats who hated everybody, having a couple of pints or more, and and then just being vile, racist, homophobic, transphobic, you know, just horrible uh, xenophobes and bigots. And I was like, wow, so that's where they are. Because they don't go to the pubs anymore because they can't smoke in there, you know? Yeah, yeah, no... Now is the winter of your discontent. So we've got a list. These are the uh, the groups, the organisations, the, the the followers of uh, Extinction Rebellion. That's number one. So if you protest or you do any kind of uh, protesting for XR, please get in touch with three point five percent. You can do that through our website. Uh, also, NHS supporters. Uh, Black Lives Matters, A-Level, so all the A-Level kids out there, you know, that did the protesting, yeah. my goodness, they did a fantastic job. The B-Tech kids. 
Yeah, the B-Tech, B-tech kids, kids as well. Yeah. They've been left out to, out to dry. Have they? So, yes, th- them as well. And, and that's it. So if you feel that, you know, you need to do something uh, for, for whatever cause, come and help us with ours and we'll help you with yours. It's quid pro quo, all right? You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And and that's all we wanted to say. Um, so please get in touch with me on Twitter at Chris Doc Strange, with Ian at Holy Mole. Uh, the website where all the resources are for 3.5 and how to peacefully protest civil disobedience, uh, everything on the videos, our podcast, uh, that's on uh, www.docstrange.co.uk. You'll find it in the bio uh, at Chris Doc Strange on Twitter. And that's it. I hope you've had a great weekend. Uh, I hope you enjoy lockdown. Ian's got to say something. Go. Yeah, one thing just before uh, we sign off. Um, obviously, you know, I do my silly songs and so forth. I am starting to put a few more sketches and so forth together. Yeah. And we could really do with some uh, comedy women. Oh, yeah. Yes. Particularly anybody that can do a half... Well, you don't even have to be half decent. You've seen my Boris. But a representation of any member of the cabinet. Um, but, yeah, if there's any women players out Spitty there Patel. that want to start doing some uh, comedy stuff, because obviously at the minute everything has to be online and kind of in this Zoom format, so it doesn't matter where in the country you are, um, get in touch. Um, at Holy Mole, let me know, and uh, maybe we can do some funny stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. To be honest, though, dude, um, I didn't think you'd ever use this podcast to pull women. Hey, careful. My wife may may listen to one of these one day. You never know. <laughs> it's very unlikely. Um, so, yeah, enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Uh, we're going to get this out pretty quick. Actually, it might take you yeah. till what, Tuesday? No, no, I'll try and tie it up tonight. We'll have it out tomorrow. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Be kind to yourself. And uh, if you see a little bee and he doesn't seem to be flying, give me a little drink of sugared water. I don't know why I told you that. It just came into my head. It's because you looked at a beehive. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm Doc Strange. And I'm the dude. Uh, Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. I've been really trying, baby.
clarity in a world gone mad, you can tweet at ChrisDocStrange or at Holy Mole. Doc Strange and the Dude is a Strange Mole production.